3: This podcast occasionally contains strong language and ambient sirens. I thought I saw someone I knew.
1: Oh, well. We should still celebrate a finished job. I am going shopping tomorrow. You could come Don't with me. Mm.
3: Yeah, sure. Um, just text me the address. Are you okay? Yeah, uh, I'm fine. I'll see you tomorrow. Can you hear me? Oh, can, you, can you help me? Leave me alone. Still no sign of Joe's ghost. I think I'm gonna have to just break
4: in. Is it breaking in if you have a key?
3: If I'm not supposed to have a key, maybe just trespassing?
4: And I guess don't get caught still applies.
3: I don't have any other options, do I? We've been waiting for him for days and we need access to that inspection report or we're at a dead end.
4: You think he moved on or something? Is that a real thing ghosts do?
3: I have no idea. Wherever he is, it isn't here. And if I get arrested for this, you're paying my bail.
4: With what money?
3: You'll think of something. Okay, I'm in. Stupid flashlight. Anything? Lots of filing cabinets. There are literally hundreds of reports here. This could take all night.
4: Maybe check the dates. The Iron Fire was in the summer. They could have filed it not long before that.
3: Look, if there is a system, I have no clue what it is. We need Joe.
4: Well, he seems to have been on a ghost vacation, so how the hell did we get him here?
3: Well, with Marion, I just said her name. That's it? I think so.
4: I swear, if you could have summoned Joe this whole time- Shh!
3: Joseph Costa? I'd like to speak with you. What? Jesus. Where the hell have you been? Around uh, at the house mostly. It's it's, it's easier to be there, well, but we I agreed to meet here.
4: Did we? What for?
3: The inspection report that you did on the building that caught fire. Oh,
4: oh. Yeah, right. I'd like to let you know that this is weird as hell, but also really funny. So,
3: you can help me find the report? I can't seem to figure out whatever system you like going here.
5: Well, it's my system. What's the address?
3: Priz? What's the address of the Flatiron Fire Building?
4: 23 West 27th Street.
3: It's 23 West 27th
5: Street. Ah, yep, yep. I, I think it's in this one.
3: What even is your filing system? I
2: know where everything is. Should be toward the back.
3: Let's see. Yeah, yeah. I think this is it. Yeah. This is the right address, but... Nothing important, just a regular, biannual inspection report. Nothing weird with the building.
5: Yeah, but there was something else. Yeah? Ricky. Yeah.
3: Joe, come on, Joe! Joseph Costa! Damn it, he keeps doing that!
4: Well, looks like we're at a dead end. No pun intended.
3: (laughs) Different approach, then. What about your connections online? Could you put a post out through the BBS system, see if anyone has information about the fire?
4: Wouldn't that be kind of tipping our hand?
3: Not if you're vague about it. Pretend to be a conspiracy theorist or something. There's always conspiracy theorists lurking around incidents like this, right?
4: Fine, fine. I'll see what I can do. I'll let you know if I get anything credible.
3: Great.
1: Uh... Good afternoon. Can I help you? I'm meeting someone. Talia Rifkin. Oh, she's already trying on a few dresses. Please, follow me. You're late. By ten minutes. Well, twenty. Um, please have a seat, miss, and help yourself to some champagne. (laughs) Call me if you need anything. Um, excuse me, can I try on the black one? Of course, miss. So what's this gala for, then? But it's the Locklear Gala. Is that supposed to mean something to me? It is one of the most important charity events of the season. They will raise 10 million for homelessness in a single night. And how
3: much money do they have? 10 million is probably pocket change, isn't it? Some charity.
1: I think you should come. Somehow I can't see myself in a sparkly black dress. Oh, I think you'd pull it off well. At least try one on. (laughs) Is this why you've brought me here? To try to con me into your lifestyle? Hey, if you try on a dress, I bet I could get us more champagne. Just one dress? Just one dress.
3: This is going to take at least two glasses of champagne. Uh,
1: Um, Excuse me, could you please bring my sister a dress? Something black. And some more champagne, please. Why are you so
3: enamored with this gilded cesspool? You have a job, you're successful, why give that up? I'm not giving that up. Oh, then what are you doing
1: exactly? Uh, I brought the dress. Perfect. Oh, god damn it. Oh,
3: actually, oh. Yeah, no, no, I know, but it's just. Oh, please, oh my, um. It's like, ugh, fucking Jesus Christ. God damn, this is a torture device. I can help you into it, miss. Mm. This humiliation is just for your own amusement, isn't it?
1: No, not at all. Right. Oh, careful, please. Just let me just zip it up for you. Mm-hmm. There you go, miss. I look ridiculous. No, you look good. And you're getting more champagne out of it, so stop complaining. I'm still not going. Why not? Think of the connections you could make there. I thought you didn't like my profession. I don't, but these could be connections for you to move into something better. You know, you you call this world a gilded cesspool, but there are advantages here, important ones. I can get more things done with the money and influence that James's family provides than on my own. If you don't get eaten alive. in your world is any better? At least in mine, the
3: sharks actually look like sharks. I could take care of myself. I am
1: just trying to help.
3: No, you're trying to mold me into something more acceptable according to you. According to the image you want us to project. Or that our parents
1: wanted us to project. Okay, no, don't. Because you're still upset. Don't bring mom and dad into this. This isn't about them either. I am trying to keep history from repeating itself. It isn't going to. Why don't you ever just let me help you? Mom and Dad wanted me to look after you, and I am and you still see me as a troubled
3: be- kid in a hospital. I don't need you to look after me anymore.
1: Sorry to interrupt. I've brought more champagne. Great.
3: <sighs> L. Go with the black dress. It suits you.
1: Eleanor. L.
0: Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Check out new episodes Mondays and Fridays for a wide variety of topics and news episodes. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Rage on. I don't know why I
3: keep recording these.
6: I'm not usually the introspective type. Maybe it's this story, something about it has me rattled. I feel like I'm being watched. I asked to borrow a car from Masoud because I've gotten too paranoid on the train. Fortunately, he didn't ask too many questions. Maybe because I'm digging in his territory investigating real estate. That could be why I'm uneasy too. I keep hoping that he's not mixed up in this. It would tear the family apart if we really ended up on opposite sides of some kind of moral divide. All of our arguments before this have been manageable, but if I ruin his career and bring shame to the family... I keep dreaming of fire. The apartment in Manhattan turns into cinema Rex, and I wake up to fading echoes of gunfire in the streets strange isn't it, the things that stay with you. Masut wasn't there for any of it. He'd already come here for college, long before the worst of the upheaval. Sometimes I wonder if that is the biggest division between us. I've always been curious if he was relieved or upset to have missed it. To hear about the arrest of our friends and others marching in the streets from an ocean away. When I left, it was on purpose. When he left, he didn't know he wouldn't be able to come back. That the only glimpse of home he'd have would be the rugs and saffron and pistachios my uncle smuggled out through Canada. Perhaps that's why he clings harder to tradition, to the past.
3: I wasn't ready to give it up. What happened to you? Eleanor? <gasps> Sahir? Can you hear me? Are you going to help me? I'm trying. It would help if you talked to me. Do you need me to come to your home, say your name? I, I can. Sahar? Can you hear me?
4: Hey, good news. I got a contact with the BBS boards. Seems credible, wants to meet. When? Tonight, in about two hours, in Chinatown.
3: Tonight? Isn't that a little sudden?
4: Not when you're paranoid, and he definitely seemed paranoid.
3: But credible?
4: Hey, you can be paranoid and credible,
3: Right, I forgot I'm talking to Exhibit A. This still feels like a bad idea.
4: Maybe, but it's also a potential lead, and we're kind of short on those at the moment.
3: Fine, I'll go. But if something happens...
4: I know, it'll be my fault. i will meet you at the Nom Tea Parlor on Doyer Street. I'll be late.
3: I won't.
1: <sighs> okay, are you ready now? As a matter of fact, I am. Thank you. Good. I am so underdressed. I was not prepared for this level of luxury.
0: Did you see the champagne fountain? I know.
2: Oh,
1: uh. James, I, um, you can't be in here.
2: The usher said you were the only one in here. Besides, I can, uh, sort of do whatever I want this gala.
1: Right. You can just uh, see it, six-year-old James playing hide-and-seek in the Temple of Dender.
2: Well, you're not wrong, but we weren't always at the Met. Hmm. Hell yeah. This is meant to be fun. The food, the drink, half of who's who from the city is here.
1: Right, right, that's the thing, James. Half of New York City is here and I am freaking out.
2: What? (laughs) Why?
1: I I, I don't know, because it's just a bit intimidating?
2: They're all very nice people.
1: Well, maybe to you, because you are the son of the host who's grown up breathing this rarefied air, but I, I don't belong here. I am just, I'm a little Jewish girl that you plucked from nowhere. Why, I still don't know, and brought into your nest of wasps. Talia. Oh, yeah. and, and don't tell me that you don't see what your parents are doing.
2: My parents?
1: Yeah, this is a test. What? The introductions, the oh, of course you remember so-and-so, the parading me around for inspection to make sure that I'm not just a social climber able to keep up as conversation turns from economics to politics to art to the best shade of duck egg green for your tertiary couch in the Hamptons. (laughs) Uh, Your condescension is noted. No,
2: tell- Oh my god,
1: she didn't speak to you for a year? And then she just implied we'd re-up our donation. (sighs)
2: Hey, hey, excuse me? Excuse me. We're using this right now.
7: My god.
2: Tal, you knew what you were getting yourself into with my family.
1: That doesn't mean it's easy.
2: No, it doesn't. But you know what, Tao? You are a social climber. Uh, excuse me? And, and I like that about you. You're ambitious. You're driven and you know what you want. Most people in this world I grew up in can't see past their own noses. They're too preoccupied trying not to lose what's been given to them. You could have been content getting a fine job with your Ivy League degree, but one day on the college walk, you said, nah, fuck that. And in full knowledge of who my family was, told big shot 2L student me that I'd be taking you to the Barnard formal.
1: to date.
2: Yes, but you chose me. And I chose you back. Not because it was going to be easy, but because I admired you. Because I knew that you could deal with all the shit that comes with being a part of my family. Well,
1: that's very nice of you.
2: But this is just the beginning, Tal. You know the plans that my family has for me. I, that I have for me. Chose you because I thought that nothing scared you, and as much as these people are rich and powerful, that you'd be no more intimidated by them as you were of me on the college walk at Columbia. Back
1: then, I had nothing to lose,
2: and now you do.
1: I could lose you. you know, your parents could unapprove of me, and then what would happen? This is where you're supposed to say to me, no, their approval doesn't matter to me either, Talia.
2: You know that would be a lie. Look, my love is unconditional, but my family's is not for either of us. And I know, I know, I can never understand what it's like to be an outsider to this world, but this is what we've gotten ourselves into, and you need to decide if you want to play to win.
1: down
2: and then in her husband excuse me we
1: no it's it's okay my God. uh we were just leaving fine we played a win but you cannot leave my side tonight
3: Mr. Orange? That's right. You a Tarantino fan?
5: Kubrick, actually.
3: Do you always wear a tuxedo to dim sum?
5: Only when I have social obligations after. I wasn't aware that people who hung around BBS boards had social lives. I can't imagine most do, but I go where I'm called.
3: Oh, how noble. So my contact said you had information about the Flatiron Fire?
5: You know, this street was called the Bloody Angle back in the day. Different gangs could surprise enemies around the bend. First, the Irish and the Protestants. Then, Chinese gangs in the 1920s.
3: Cool history lesson. What do you want to discuss?
5: I was led to believe that this would be an exchange of information. Why should I tell you anything without getting something in return?
3: I'll pay for dinner.
5: (laughs) Oh, I don't do favors for something as frivolous as money we could easily reach a mutually beneficial agreement.
3: What exactly do you want out of all this?
5: We're all working towards the same end, right? Justice for the people who died?
3: Right, though I happen to
5: like frivolous money. Very funny. So what would it be, Eleanor? Information for information or a wasted dinner?
3: I don't remember telling you my name.
5: It's not a hard thing to discover. You have quite the reputation.
3: I'm flattered. So you think this fire might have been deliberate? Do you? Why else would I be here?
5: Hmm. Have you learned anything interesting?
3: If this is going to be an exchange of information, I think you should go first, considering you know my name and I don't know yours.
5: I wasn't aware this is a competition.
3: I just believe in fairness.
5: Fine, yes, I think the fire was deliberate. But I don't have any concrete evidence, merely rumors floating around on the internet.
3: What kind of rumors?
5: I believe it's your turn.
3: Two other people have died. Both have ties to the Flatiron Fire somehow. One hell of a coincidence. What people? Oh, it's your turn now.
5: Eleanor, if more people are dying, this shouldn't be kept under wraps or bartered for more information.
3: Then maybe you should start talking. Or I'll leave now and you won't get anything else from me.
5: Ah, but I've already gotten what I need. What? I got you here, didn't I? Now I have a face to go with your name
3: Who set the fire, Mr. Orange?
5: I don't think you're asking the right questions, Elle. You should be thinking about why the fire was set. Who had something to gain. What else they might be willing to do. We're all out here hustling in New York City, trying to scrape together what we want. Where can I get it? Who can help me get it? What do I have to burn down to get it?
3: What do you have to burn down?
5: We all do it, El. You are willing to burn down your relationship with Talia for your pride. She's considering whether to burn you in return for her new life with her fiancé. How do you know that? But the most important people are the people you're trying to investigate, El. They burn down an apartment building with people inside of it. They won't hesitate to do the same to you.
3: I think we're done here.
5: <laughs> this case is not worth it, El. Oh, let go
3: of me. You know all these things about me but if you really knew me you you'd know that this doesn't scare me
5: it should drop it
3: we're done here oh
5: i tried no it didn't work you're up
3: what a waste he thinks he could scare me. Look out. What the fuck? <laughs> hey! <laughs>
7: uh-huh!
3: I've got your knife. Just try to come back at me. Hey, get back here, asshole! Damn it, stop! <laughs> Fucking. What the fuck? Fuck. Sahara, are you here? Thank you for that warning. I think it's time we had a chat. I'll come to your apartment, you can meet me there. Oof. After I buy some bandages. And a drink.
2: Alright, you have your drink?
1: Tonic and bitters, staying sharp.
2: Okay, there's my father. Have you seen him yet tonight? No. Great. And with him is... Scott. Steve Shaw. Steve, right. Investor. Sort of. His firm uses algorithms to trade stocks.
7: That's what I said? Mm.
2: Steve, how are you?
7: James, good to see you, buddy. I was just telling your dad I hoped i see you. It's true. William, so good to see you. Mm. And this is the famous Natalia I've heard so much about. Oh, please, Talia. And yes, I am. Or at least I hope I'm the one you've heard about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome to our wonderful world of vipers, Talia. You'll love it here. Mm. James, are you still working for that commie city councilwoman?
2: She actually prefers councilperson, Steve. And uh, speaking of her preferences, it's defender of working people. Real subtle,
7: James. (laughs) What are they paying you there?
2: Like commies, sir.
7: <laughs> <laughs> it's a pay-as-due situation, Steve. Well, why don't you come and work for me at the fund? We pay you to pay your dues. Uh, you know I'm not qualified. You've got two Ivy League degrees, and your Williams son seem qualified to me. Well, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> come on, a little stop in the private sector before a noble transition to public service?
2: Oh, no, the councilwoman's been good to me. The Democratic Party isn't too big on private equity right now, Steve.
7: Grooming him like a racehorse, William? Just don't break your leg, James. Ooh, brutal. This world is sometimes. So, Talia, what have you been up to lately?
1: Uh, well, you know, I have the nonprofit. Next week we're hosting a big event at the UN for Mental Health Awareness Month. Also, prepping for a wedding.
7: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. But you know, I am a little more flexible than James if you need some help around the office. Oh, really? Maybe someone to power down the computers at night.
7: What? I'm not. Uh...
1: Didn't I just read about a oh, stray algorithm lost a hundred million dollars when it was left unchecked over the weekend?
2: Oh God, uh, Talia, Steve, I'm sorry. She's. <laughs>
7: <laughs> right you are, Talia. You read deep into the Financial Times, I see. I think that was back page stuff.
1: Well, I like to stay informed about this group of vipers I'm now in.
7: The software thought it found an excellent arbitrage opportunity in some South Africa mines. But when the mines don't exist, any growth looks infinite. And no reason not to buy, buy, buy. Makes sense to me. Mm, you know, I like you, Talia. I guarantee you every finance person in this room read that story, but no one has had the guts to bust my balls over it. You got yourself a keeper, James. Mm. Anyway, I gotta go top up and find the missus before she gives too much of my cash away. Mm. Talia, mm. excellent to meet you.
1: Ah, you as well, Steve.
2: Talia, that was dangerous.
5: Well, it was a calculated risk, James. And she knew what she was getting herself into because she read Steve like a book. Hmm. You could learn a thing or two, James. Can't be so stiff. Gotta know who to play with, who to pay deference to. Hello, Ah, Richard, was wondering if you were gonna show. Had to take care of some business. Talia, this is Dick Ward, Chief of Staff for the CEO at Locklear Development.
1: Oh, because Locklear is a client, right, William?
5: Locklear is the client. It better be for what we pay you. Mm. And Sherman, get over here. Come meet Talia. Sherman works for Chase Manhattan in structured bonds. It's important for real estate. Crazy, William,
3: James. Hey, Sherman, meet Talia. <laughs> nice to meet you. Of course.
2: <laughs> 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 oh. shattered any misgivings my father had about you?
1: Really? I thought I'd have to work to earn his grudging acceptance for years after our actual marriage.
2: (laughs) I know it can be difficult about some things. I think he just didn't know if you could maneuver in this world, and he was worried about that.
1: I don't know if I should be proud that I can, or disgusted.
2: Just think of it like you're learning a foreign language. It's not good or bad. It's just how it is.
1: Hey, why did you say those things about the councilwoman? What do you mean? About being a communist?
2: Well, oh, that.
1: You respect
2: her. Yes, as a politician, but her politics aren't popular amongst the financial titans of New York.
1: So you lie.
2: I tell them what they want to hear.
1: So you lie.
2: It's business, Talia. Why does this matter so much to you?
1: I just don't want to always be thinking, you know, is this what my husband thinks, or is this just what he thinks I want to hear?
2: I promise I will never just tell you what you want to hear.
1: Then tell me something that I don't want to hear. What? Tell me something I don't want to hear. Right now.
2: (sighs) Okay. Fine. Here's something. You fit into this world. What? I know you both love and are repulsed by this world, but you fit in.
1: (laughs) That's sweet, but in like a, ugh, we have eaten too much cotton candy way.
2: No one would be caught dead with cotton candy in this world. Ah,
1: fine. Uh, Too much champagne and caviar way. (laughs) Ah,
2: yes. Now you're getting the hang of it.
3: Bloody angle. Right. Fancy blade for a mugging. Seems suspicious, right, Tsar? Almost like it was supposed to look like a mugging gone wrong. I suppose we should have that talk now. I feel like we probably have a lot of things to say to each other, don't we? So... Sahar Sari? Are you there? Hi,
6: Lenore. You're right.
3: We really need to talk.
2: Today's episode of City of Ghosts was written by Karina Green and Ryan Patch and produced by Joanne Vo and Ryan Patch. Sound was mixed by Rick Rush and the Oddhouse Audio team. Casting was done by Daryl Eisenberg and Allie Beans at Eisenberg Beans Casting. For a full cast and crew list, please visit us online at City Podcast.com. And I'm your director, Ryan Patch, asking you to connect with us on social and subscribe so we can see you next time here on City of Ghosts.